I am Aviva Kutnik, an Agriculture Development Officer at the United States Agency for International Development, and you are listening to the very first episode of the Feed the Future Partnering for Innovation podcast. This podcast is all about how we are making agriculture technologies profitable in smallholder farmer markets. It means finding solutions to the challenges businesses and farmers face to selling and using cutting-edge farming technologies, products, and services that improve productivity and thus farmer livelihoods. I love this work because it's where socially responsible businesses and rural agriculture development come together to build tangible and long-term results. For this first episode, we are going to get right into the weeds to look at a particularly inspiring part of the work, the future, attracting rural youth to farming as a business. We will be zeroing in on this by looking at one aspect of a private sector partnership in Guatemala called AgroJoven. There is one thing you need to know before we go any further. You heard me mention Feed the Future Partnering for Innovation just a second ago, right? You need to know that Partnering for Innovation is a program funded by the U.S. Agency for International Development, or USAID for short, and implemented by FinTrack. We invest in businesses and organizations to commercialize these agriculture technologies I talked about. They basically give impact investments to make the innovation profitable for companies while contributing to the social impact we all want to see. For our story about youth in Guatemala, you'll hear from Brina McKay. Hi, I'm Brina McKay, and I'm here in Guatemala today talking to you about video production and youth smallholder farmers. And also from Miles Sedgwick. Brina, who is Miles? Miles Sedgwick is the founder of Rana Labs, and Rana Labs is a multimedia agency whose motto is really to empower the future storytellers of our world. And that vision is really complementary with the work that they're doing as part of the Agrihoven project. Thanks, Brina. So just a minute ago, when I said there was one thing you needed to know, there's actually a second thing you need to know something that we will explore in future episodes, but that paints the bigger picture of what Feed the Future Partnering for Innovation is. Here's the director of the program, Bob Rabatsky, who is, well, he's a character. Thanks, Aviva. Um, Yeah, Feed the Future Partnering for Innovation provides impact investments on behalf of the United States Agency for International Development. This means we invest in companies and organizations that are commercializing a product or service that benefits smallholder farmers. What sets these companies apart is that they're integrating sustainability into their business models so that farmers benefit for the long term because the solution is embedded within the local market system. USAID, and of course us taxpayers, benefit because we multiply the development dollar. For every one dollar of USAID funding, The company matches it by one or more dollars in return for the impact investment. And this impact investment de-risks entry or expansion for the company. That's key here because often it would be too risky to try to enter the smallholder market for a number of reasons. And that we'll explore in depth in a later episode. For today, we'll see how a technology, in this case through Agrahoven, 
directly attracts youth who participate while indirectly creating value for them in their communities. So I'm going to Kiche to observe a training that one of our partners, um, Agri Hoven, is currently implementing, which is training farmers, youth producers actually, on how to produce and edit videos on smartphones. And one of the things I love about this activity is that the smartphone video training is actually a way to motivate youth to, one, be a part of Agrihoven, um, which ultimately targets youth who are going to save their money and then borrow that money for purchasing agricultural technology that enhances productivity. And there's a challenge in getting youth to be a part of that group and save their money instead of spend their money and not only save their money, but use it for agricultural productivity. And the use of video training has incentivized youth to be part of that group. And it also has been a gateway, if you will, to get those youth to learn about other technologies, on-farm technologies, that they can then tell a story about through video. RANA Labs is important because they are training youth on how to edit and create videos. So one of the key elements of using video is that, you know, not only are youth finding an interesting way to engage with agriculture, specifically in their community, but they're also able to produce an informative video that serves as a stopgap in technical assistance that they aren't currently getting from resources in their municipalities. Video is important because we're using it as a way to recruit youth to the youth savings and loan groups of the Agrihoven project. We're also using video as a way for youth to engage more directly with agricultural technologies that they will use on their own farms. And the level of familiarity and knowledge that they have to have about these technologies um, is, it has to be really rich because they're gonna use that video to design and tell a story about that technology. And ultimately, what we hope is that these videos will then be used by private sector exporters, such as Fair Fruit, another group that is um, in the Agrihoven project, and they'll be used for extension. So those two things you needed to know. One, the big picture of what Feed the Future Partnering for Innovation does. And two, one of the partnerships called Agrihoven focuses on attracting youth to agriculture through learning about agriculture by producing technical videos about farming in a way that produces short films for other youths to learn from. So now that you have those two things straight, let's get to the real story with Brina in Guatemala. So here I am in Guatemala traveling to the Western Highlands, specifically the department of Quiche. And one of the things that is the most beautiful um, aspects of Guatemala is definitely the landscape. And someone once told me that the landscape is like a quilt. And it's absolutely true because you'll just see these 
Um, the, it's like a patchwork, and everything is a different shade of green. In Guatemala, um, the reason we work there is because there are a large number of exporters that produce a variety of horticulture crops that we in the United States consume. In fact, did you know that 90% of the snow peas that we eat in our Chinese food are from Guatemala? Um, so there's a very large export market, and most of those exporters source directly from smallholder farmers. So not only does that mean that there's a large smallholder farmer market, but there's also an end market that's provided by exporters who are able to influence and link back to those farmers by providing technical assistance and um, promoting technology, if you will. It is flat and you see more diversity in terms of the crops that Guatemalan producers are cultivating. And then as you go up the mountain, literally, you're passing mountain ranges, it gets much colder, um, the weather changes much more frequently even throughout the day. Um, but you still have a richness of the land, both in terms of color as well as abundance. And why I'm so excited that we have Miles here with us today is because we're using Rana Labs um, to engage youth with video production as a way to introduce them to agricultural technology. So in a nutshell, AgroHoven is bringing together this youth savings and loans group element, organizing the youth to tell their agricultural stories through video, and packaging those stories into training videos about technical farming information for other youth. Wow. Let's bring in the mastermind behind the founder of Rana Labs, Miles Sedgwick, who is running the video production aspect of this work. I think when people hear Guatemala agriculture, the last thing they think is video production. But I think one of the things that we've been trying to figure out is, is there a way to get youth really excited about learning new ways to use agriculture that can benefit not only themselves, but also their entire community and lift them into an even greater place economically and have them be really excited about agriculture again? And so we use video as a way to get youth to learn those new technologies, share their stories with the world, and get each other excited about using a new way for cultivating their crops that maybe they didn't know before. Um, and so when we talk about video production, I think, you know, I need to clarify that this isn't um, $10,000 video cameras and lights and, you know, a whole mm -hmm. CNN truck that comes and shows sure. up at their village. What we're talking about are how can we use low-cost Android-based smartphones, things that are like, you know, that are actually within reach for the youth that we're talking about. How can we use those Android-based Android, Android -based phones as a way to get them really excited about video production, learning all of the fundamentals of video production, how to frame a shot, how to use the daylight in order to light a scene properly, how do you interview somebody, how do you get really good sound quality using um, good quality microphones, and how do you use video in a way that um, can really tell a story that will get, get other youth excited about what they're learning. So youth in the Highlands are currently faced with limited opportunities. Some of them have gone to school up until only a certain grade, and then they're either faced with 
continuing to be in agriculture, which a lot of them don't necessarily want to do because they may not have their own land or because the attraction of um, going to the city or going to another country may be something that they're really attracted to. And one of the things we're trying to do with Agri Hoven and with our Guatemala portfolio in general is we're trying to engage youth in agriculture in a way that is new and exciting. The hope is that these videos will be something that they can show immediately to someone in their community or that they can upload and share and then someone in a department hours and hours away would be able to use that information as a training tool. For example, Judith, I think, is a leader in her community, especially among youth. And she's here in Quiche with us today, but she's really from Solola, which is about four hours away from here. So she was selected as an intern for Rana Labs for this particular training because she's shown a lot of interest in video production. But in addition to that, she's produced some really excellent videos, which she's shared on Facebook directly with the Agri Hoven um, Techno Hoven page that we created for youth to be able to share these videos with one another across the country. She was exposed to a training on biological control products. And this was the first time she'd heard about those products. So Agrihoven is a conduit for exposing youth to new technologies. Those technologies are on demonstration plots directly in their communities. And Judith was able to not only learn about the technology, but it also sparked a conversation that she was able to have with her parents. That this was the first time they'd heard of that technology and that they were, they were open to using it. So you're really breaking down a lot of barriers. You're breaking down traditional agricultural practices by introducing a transformational technology like biological control products. And you're also breaking down a cultural barrier where you see youth being able to give advice to their, to their parents and other elders in their community. Actually, I'll be honest with you, a lot of the young women that were part of our training had, had exceptional confidence, but mm-hmm. Pudit really stood out. Um, she is... She identifies herself as a Mayan Guatemalan woman. She works really hard at, at her on her family's plot in producing crops, but also in in continuing Mayan culture and tradition. And when we were interviewing her, a lot of her personal story came out, and also the lessons she learned as part of Agricoven. At the conclusion of the workshop, we re- we realized that it would be a wonderful opportunity for us to be able to continue with some of the youth from the first mm-hmm. workshop by creating an internship program and essentially hiring uh, two members from that community to join us on future workshops. So we went to Quiche and we wanted to have two youth who had already participated in our program be a part of the next workshop to show youth not only that we had already you know, conducted these workshops and that we had a really great response, but also that the knowledge that they had gained was, was really useful and that they were really excited about it. And it's really important to also point out that this is the first time these youth are being exposed to not only biological products, but additionally video production techniques. And I think it's really important for everyone to really appreciate that this is 
this is potentially a really defining moment in, in someone's life. So again, we are seeing how using video to discuss and share agricultural practices among and across youth inspires young people. In this instance, with Judith. So Judith did go back to work with Rana Labs to teach her peers what she had learned and more. Back to you, Miles. So Hudit stood up in front of the new group of youth in Kiche in, in an entirely new workshop. Um, in, a, in a different culture. In a different also. culture. With There are 25 languages in Guatemala in an entirely different language mm-hmm. that she doesn't speak. And, but, you know, she spoke in Spanish and, and everyone in the, in the group really took well to her commentary. But she, she basically embodied the enthusiasm of a former workshop taking place in a new workshop in Quiche with a new group of youth and was able to not only describe to them the importance of using video to tell their stories, mm-hmm. but she walked around and for three days encouraged youth to record their, to record their interviews and use the framing of a shot professionally and setting up a tripod and setting up microphones and getting good lighting, um, helping with editing. Um, she was, she was phenomenal. She was a really, really useful and helpful member of our team. Not only that, she had a very important job in every workshop we do. We interview each of the youth participants to get their personal story. Mm -hmm. She walked around and, and helped us to collect every single personal story from that group in Quiche, um, which was fantastic. She got, she had a very unique perspective. I think that for the very first time, these youth are using video in a way that maybe they hadn't thought of before, which is, it's really cool. I mean, it's it's a way for them to describe what they're learning as uh, as farmers, right? But at the same time, they're learning how to express themselves and communicate an idea. And so what we're really excited about is how to further refine that mm-hmm. so that they can not only express an idea, but express a really important lesson that they've learned mm-hmm in some of the finer technical details of how do you use fertilizer or how do you not not just fertilizer how do you use um, fertilizer and drip irrigation to improve the overall quality of tomatoes I yeah. mean, there's all these different ways we can combine the lessons they're learning as part of agrihoven to improve crop quality and therefore impact their life So I used to help uh, my grandfather on his farm when I was a kid, uh-huh. but that's about the extent of my knowledge of farming. I mean, I literally used to cut the grass for him. He ran a peach orchard, which was great, but like I, as a kid, I had no idea sure. what it was that he was actually doing. Yeah. Um, I'm not in the agriculture sector at all. Right. This is not. My, I'm. I'm. I'm a producer. I work in video production. I think about cameras and lenses and lights and, and sound quality. So for me, getting out there and seeing how much a macro tunnel can help in producing better crops. That was eye-opening for me. Mm-hmm. It was really cool to see how you um, use drip irrigation to, to combat things as simple as, you know, the insecurities that farmers face with climate change. Like, we don't know, for, for, for farmers in Guatemala, we here in the United States don't think about the kind of the, the kind of stress that they feel in right. every, every single day, not knowing if the drought that they're currently facing is going to impact their crops and therefore they're not going to have crops to sell and they're not going to have livelihood, right? So that's the stress that they have to take on. And using these new technologies like drip irrigation, macro tunnels, mulch, those are all things that can have a profound impact on someone's ability to just sleep at night and know that they're going to have crops that they can sell Mm -hmm. in the market, which I think is really cool. I think it's really empowering, not only for the youth to be able to have the skills to tell this type of a story, but, you know, down the line, this is a potential business opportunity for them as well.
Okay, so we know what Feed the Future Partnering for Innovation is and what it does. And we know about the Agrahoven investment and how video is doing a couple of things. One, attracting youth to share and learn about farming. Two, develop video for sharing with youth, not only in nearby villages, but also other regions and even other Spanish-speaking countries. As these youth apply the practices and the new technologies, like how Judith did, and then shared with her grandfather, how do they themselves profit from it? Brina mentioned how it is a potential business opportunity, but what will make it a sure one? That our investment was worth it for these youth and for the agricultural market as a whole. After all, 48% of Guatemala's population lives in rural areas, according to a World Bank report in 2015. In the Western Highlands, where Brina and Miles are, the rates of chronic malnutrition among young children is over 67%. That's two-thirds. So any one of the youth that are in the video training were or have family members or friends who experienced chronic malnutrition. We talk about how agriculture is an important starting point. How does it go from a hope to a reality? Just because they produce more or better doesn't mean it will sell. So what does it mean for the youth in Quiche? For Judith and others who participated, but that we aren't hearing about? They have new skills, learn about them and apply the technology, but does this help them and their families grow more food? Let's hear more from Brina. It's really important to understand the three main players in this partnership. One, you have Rana Labs. They're in charge of training youth on how to produce videos. Two, you have Mercy Corps. Mercy Corps is responsible for organizing youth savings and loan groups. Those groups get video training. The third partner is Fair Fruit. They're an exporter primarily of snow peas and sugar snap peas from the highlands to the United States and Europe. They have a direct relationship with the youth groups. Fair Fruit currently has youth that are involved in those groups, which automatically creates a linkage between youth and an end market. So that is providing youth with an income stream, which they didn't have before. Let's hear that again, because I want to emphasize that linkages to the market are already there. These farmers already have an end market with fair fruit. Fair Fruit is a great exporter. Um, they work with about 1,400 smallholder farmers throughout Guatemala in a variety of crops, um, including French beans and snow peas and sugar snap peas, which are key exports out of Guatemala. And they were interested, per our encouraging, um, to have some of those youth savings and loan groups embedded within their own operations. Um, which I think is really critical because if we can offer youth the opportunity to have exposure to working directly with an exporter, that's going to create a relationship that has the potential to last for their entire life. 
And then not only that, but those youth are getting that video training, which serves fair fruit because they can rely on those youth to provide extension services to other farmers that that may or may not be youth in those communities. So did you catch that? Youth benefit from the training and from a direct linkage to a ready buyer, fair fruit, which in turn benefits other youth and their families, which again benefits fair fruit because they have quality suppliers who are also sharing how to improve agricultural products in their communities. And then fair fruit can purchase from those communities again in the future. That was a mouthful. In essence, these are all win-win partnerships, creating actual shared value for smallholder farmers and the companies. And guess what? These are also the vegetables that we are eating here in the U.S. As Brina told us earlier. In fact, did you know that 90% of the snow peas that we eat in our Chinese food are from Guatemala? Everyone benefits. It's healthy and helpful for communities in Guatemala and the United States. This is Brina again here in Solola with Jose Maldonado, Manager of Special Projects for Fair Fruit. Soy Jose Maldonado, soy gerente de proyectos de Fair Fruit. Nosotros como empresa... What Jose is essentially saying here is that on the one hand, Fair Fruit provides access to the market since they have formal relationships with the youth associations to purchase the products directly. Fair Fruit wanted to work with youth specifically because in the short and long term, these youth producers are their main source of production. And youth are crucial because they are more proactive and open to adopting new technologies. Which is great because, as Jose says now, at the same time, Fair Fruit wants to move from conventional to biological production soon. And youth are a critical entry point for quick changes in production techniques. He says that the youth group here in Solola is seeing the same or better quality production using biologicals. And we've seen that they're earning more money which shows Fair Fruit is proving their pilot model and will be able to scale. Um, and we've worked with several other exporters who really see the value of engaging youth because they're very aware of the fact that in the next 30 years, these are going to be the producers that they're going to be buying from. And the way that agricultural systems are set up in a lot of the countries that we work in, they're based on smallholder production of of horticulture, of staples, etc. And so we we very much need a way to further engage youth in agriculture so they find it exciting, so that they, you know, get hooked on learning about a new technology that they want to try in their own field. And exposure to, to, to new technology, I think, is one way to continue to engage people. It is a great story, one that shows how public and private partnerships coming together can powerfully contribute to big picture agricultural development in terms of both supply and demand. In this case, creating sustainable linkages between exports from Guatemala to the United States and individual farmers. In this case, youth who are the future of our agricultural systems. You can visit Partnering for Innovation at agtech.partneringforinnovation.org. That's A-G-T-E-C-H dot partneringforinnovation.org. There you can also check out each of the AgriHoven partners and Mercy Corps. You can also check out Rana Labs at 
ranalabs.com. That's R-A-N-A-L-A-B-S.com to get more information and see actual videos. This was an episode of the Feed the Future Partnering for Innovation podcast. This program is funded through the United States Agency for International Development. Stay tuned for future episodes and from our other team members about developing private sector partnerships that make agriculture technology available and affordable in smallholder markets. This was narrated by me, Aviva Kutnick, produced by Laura Austin-So, mixed by Ian Stanley, and fine-tuned by Jamie Holbrook. Special thanks to Brina McKay and Bob Rabatsky of Fintrack, and Miles Sedgwick from Rana Labs, and of course to Judith and her community.